Some Spartans made big moves to the league this week, but all we're interested in is whether any league's bigs will come to East Lansing. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. It's fine. It's a stretch. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cannot Read, Cannot Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man serving homeless sommelier vibes, Kevin Gregg. Yes. You know, everybody knows exactly that homeless sommelier look. Uh... Well, I'm taking shots at Greg drinking wine right now. And I am, of course, also joined by the why did he swaddle himself in a blanket and writes truly unhinged cold opens, Alex Plum. You know, you guys give me a lot of shit, but that's only because I don't try. That's only because I put in zero effort. (laughs) That is indeed what we give you shit for. That's exactly (laughs) what we give you shit for. Well. Uh, thank you everyone for listening if we could ask a small favor please share the pod with Spartans in your life rate, review, subscribe wherever you get podcasts and of course follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod <sighs> Plum what are we talking about today? we always start behind the green wall where football always leads in fact we're going to get so into football we might even preview the Western Michigan game we might continue to preview the Western Michigan game <laughs> every week for the next 11 weeks. <laughs> uh, we have some Spartans to celebrate getting into the league. Uh, we'll hear from our sponsor, Clotta Coffee Roasters. We'll talk about basketball, and then we will head off Grand River uh, to look at sports from across the NCAA with a particular eye on the uselessness having to deal with men whose first names begin with M, particularly Mel Pearson and Mark Emmert. Then. We will take your Twitter questions. And Mike Loxley, honestly. He's oh my God, yeah, Mike Loxley. And then we will take your Twitter questions. And dear listeners, this is the right week to have gotten your Twitter questions in because it begins Twitter question power ranking season. Booyah! Mm. It's back! It's back, baby! Uh, all right. I think we're missing some Twitter questions, by the way. Oop. I went through my grand ball. Oh, there it is. All right, never mind. Okay. All right, let's head behind that green wall. And yes, we're going to start with the sport that always leads football. Uh, and I think, you know, the biggest news of the week is certainly the NFL draft. Uh, if, you know, if you're sort of into that kind of thing, which I don't know that this podcast is particularly into the NFL. But listener, uh, if you are here to be regaled of facts and figures related to the National Football League, you are going to be sorely disappointed. Sorely. But- <laughs> If you wanted a break from every other podcast talking about that, then you're in the right spot. This is your oasis. Yes. Uh, So I think the biggest news is Quiverius Crouch, uh, you know, linebacker for starting linebacker for most of the season last year. uh, Transfer from Tennessee coming to MSU has left the team and is headed to the transfer portal. Now, Um, this is something that we've gotten loads of Twitter questions about in the past. This is not a a huge surprise, but it is something. What'll be curious to me. I apologize, Jonesy, for interrupting you, is down the road, three weeks, two months later, we find out the true story of this whole situation and how much of what they were telling us about injury was real and how much of this was like, dude's been in and out for the last eight months, basically. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, Graham Couch said recently that uh, what he's heard is that this was not he that the team parted ways with with Crouch and not the mm-hmm. other way around. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, you know, look, I, I think it's irrespective of what the true story is. This would have been a concern, except now you're like. Was was he how high on the depth chart was he at this point in time? Even if because they they went out and loaded up at linebacker. Yeah, we're in a place where freshman All American Cal Halliday. You're like, is he starting? Yeah, question mark. Hmm. So Quaverius Crouch, who you know, I hope goes on to have a really nice career. I mean, we saw some freak athleticism out of the dude. You know, it, it may well be in the league someday. But it, it seems like the they were ready, willing, and able to move on. The convention for his uh, play style was he might be out of position, he might miss something, but he's going to he's going to fix that mistake really fast. Yes, it was a sight to behold, like how he would be a deer in headlights in a moment, and like you're like, oh god, <laughs> and then just the freak athleticism takes over. Um, and it's like, and then it turned into middling play, right? Like it went from full blown disaster to, oh my God. And then it just was, it was fine linebacker play. Fine in the Um, net. Yeah. Um, in some ways, uh, in some ways he reminds me of, uh, a certain transfer, transfer portal player moving back to Texas from the basketball team. In that, I thought you were uh, going to say a certain podcast that we're putting together right now. (laughs) (laughs) Moments of brilliance. Moments of brilliance followed by (laughs) people just being stared at, and resulting in a in an overall podcast that, as a kid, say very mid. Uh, No, are you trying to make a Julius Marble type? I am. uh, I just think right. Marble was the same kind of way. Like could not understand defense. Had obviously never learned it anywhere, and just played based on natural athleticism. No de- defensive scheme that um, Tom Izzo drew up this year did Marble figure in in any effective sense. But then you'd have these bizarre fadeaways that, like, he's the only one that could make a mid-range jumper the entire season. So, oh, well, that's amazing. That's fantastic. No, that's not true. Max Christie would uh, pump fake from from three-point land and, and then take a step inside in, the arc. Inside the arc. Josh Langford <laughs> taught him that move. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the... The other thing before we talk about Spartans in the draft very briefly uh, is that, you know, last week we talked about the board of trustees had voted to commence construction on the football building renovations. Uh, MSU released a, a video rendering like a fly, you know, sort of a, a CGI drone ish flight through the building. Greg, uh, you sent this along to the old group chat. Um, I did. What were your impressions? Because um, I drooled for a it, while. It they looks were cool. Yeah, it, it's a new basically glass facade that's on the back of what the building is now, if I'm not mistaken. It's the area. So by where the that, tennis courts were? It's the area that's the, currently the parking lot where the yeah. staff parks. Oh, and by, across from Case Hall. Exactly. Um, so the, you'll have that, that big glass facade on the beginning, the Scandalera center mm-hmm. on the, on the front of it where the public goes in. And then you'll have this mm-hmm. on the back. It's interesting to me though, this isn't the building that they released renderings of a year ago or the renderings that we might know is those that Alan Haller walked through 
to the boosters when he was then associate uh, uh, athletic director, Alan Haller. This isn't the huge building on the South side of the practice, uh, fields that were going to display some of the, uh, some of the, uh, tennis courts. Uh, this is different. So I'm curious what is going to go into this building other than this glass facade and some new rooms. Um, it seems to be connected, I believe, if I'm not mistaken to the weight room. Um, so maybe there's going to be like, you walk in there and then you go kind of around to the other side, or maybe that's the direct entrance to the weight room. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll have to ask around on that and get back with you, but there, I believe this is only the first phase and about 10 million of at least 30 some million that's been raised. So I'm guessing maybe that other bigger building on the South side of the, uh, practice fields is phase two, but I'll dig around on that if anyone knows that's listening do reach out is anything started is they have they broken ground or what i should say have they broken ground on it starts very soon it starts soon. like this month essentially is my understanding uh and they've also officially called it the tommy zo football building so yes there's that yes, as well they have <laughs> I, the there are times there are times that i wish we had video and plum's face was uh was indeed that how do you feel about mun being called mun Plum. Yeah, I just, it's so old that no one knows, but you're right. It you is don't, no stupid. One puts it together. Yeah, no one knows it was Biggie Munn, but no, it's it's still stupid. It is. You're right. But that is the best analogy. That's You have to keep reminding me of that because I do forget. Uh, so Spartans in the draft. And I think maybe reasons that this podcast can be a little bit more enthused about it than caring about the NFL mm-hmm. is that last year our streak ended. Yeah. Did and you see that Texas had no one go this year? Yes, I did. Good for them. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Texas is back. Um, the hook them. Hook them. The so I going from no players drafted, I think we can say pretty confidently that this was a pretty good draft for MSU. Uh, so sort of an ascend or uh, yeah, ascending order of where folks are. Uh, Matt Coughlin has been invited to work out with the bears. Um, Matty C. His dad's love an invite. Him. Love an invite. Yep. Okay. Uh, is that a hub for his dad? Does that fly out of there often? Um, Kevin Jarvis is an undrafted free agent to the lions. Uh, Jacob Panashuk is to the Washington commanders. Um, AJ. That's Arcuri- their name. That's the yeah. Washington football name's <laughs> name. Yes. I didn't ever know they settled on a name. That's great. The Commanders. Yeah, yeah it made a huge splash, clearly. <laughs> Is this like Commander-in-Chief? Is that why it's Washington? Yeah, I think it's a yeah, like an army thing. The yeah. D.C. connection. Blah, blah, blah. Should have just stuck yeah. with the football team. Uh, anyway, yeah. A.J.R. Curry uh, is was picked in the seventh round and is headed to join... Uh, which Allen is it? Brian? Brian Allen? And Allen. At the Rams. Let's say uh, Al, Alan. Here's a question, because I have no recollection of who AJR Curry is. He was uh, uh, left tackle. Right. Left tackle, right tackle, depending on the situation. Who was injured, what was going on, th- <laughs> yeah. what what direction the wind was coming in from. Wow. Uh, AJR Curry himself spent had a fair amount of injuries through his career and like had a really nice wrap to his season. Okay. Um, Good for him. Jalen Naylor, uh, sixth round. He's going to be catching balls from Kirk Cousins over with the Minnesota Vikings. Hey-o. Uh Connor Hayward, also in the sixth round, is joining his brother with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think I'm a little sad about this, but 
our friend Kenneth Walker III is headed to the Seattle Seahawks, Seahawks selected in the second round and was running back two off the board, uh, which there's no justice in this world. Honestly, as soon as the first pick came in, everybody who didn't draft Kenneth Walker was a moron. Yep. So should have been first overall. I'm going to stick by it. Well, Dude's I'm going to have a for career. the Seahawks now exclusively as my football team of choice. That's my new adopted football team. I can't root for the Lions. God help us. Kevin Jarvis is not withstanding. Yeah. So I want to talk about that for a second, because, again, I only care about fandom as it relates to uh, Michigan State. And so there's a, a, a species of MSU fans that are also a Lions fan. Can you imagine the life <laughs> I like cannot. that? But I can't, what I can't understand is like, I don't like Aiden Hutchinson. I don't, I won't, I never will. Yeah. And for you to like shut that part of your brain off and be like, oh yeah, I'm cool with him now because he plays for the Lions. Like, I don't understand that. Plum. Can you imagine the the media coverage that's going to happen for him? Because uh, oh, I guarantee you, it's already like started. Pictures of him with Lions gear growing up and that garbage, like it'll be nauseating. If ever you needed a reason not to watch the Lions, here's a new one. Plum, how do you? I mean, you are the nearest to a Lions fan on this podcast. Um, Your tax dollars go to subsidizing that team directly. <laughs> Truly, though, but actually, all true. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't Are the know what's not rich. Are the forts hurting for money? Listen, whatever Sheila Hemp Fay Ford or whatever the hell her name is, she has dropped the Ford. Sheila Ford Hemp, whatever it is, she has dropped the Ford. Hemp, isn't Hemp Fay? Hemp, you said Hemp Fay. I did say Hemp Fay. There. There's a Hemp in her name somewhere, I think. Hemp Ford. Uh, it, it's, yeah, but she dropped the Ford. So now it's just Sheila Hemp when you look at her. Um, hemp? Hamp or hemp. I don't I don't know what it is. I don't fucking care. No one should care. This team hasn't bothered to earn the care. I should be able to call her and anyone affiliated with the entire team whatever fucking name I want because they aren't worth shit and they shouldn't be respected with actual Christian names. Okay, that's one. (laughs) Two. Here's the next question. Propensity. How often do like draft picks in their first season have any real impact is there a meaning depends on the here? position depends on how okay. high the draft pick sometimes the hand gets forced i'm looking yeah. at my watch and we've already talked about the Defensive. nfl too much Defensive. well that's that's your fault because you yeah. asked the question um should we talk about cloud of coffee yeah I need, I, I need a, a pick me up after after this conversation uh, of course, our sponsor, Clada Coffee Roasters, is owned by two MSU graduates, both gentlemen, English, no, Irish. Is there a difference? Oh, who, who knows? Wow. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Someone Coffee is Roasters. very offended. <laughs> Clada Coffee Roasters produces small batch specialty coffees from around the world. They're Lansing-based, so you get the chance to support a Lansing-based company and to MSU alums, if you order from Cloud of Coffee Roasters, choose one of their 10 gourmet options, like Bold African Blend or Complex Central American Blend. Or for non-coffee drinkers, you can, of course, check out their brewing cocoa, which we're told is like brownie in a mug. Visit drinkcladacoffee.com. That's C-L-A-D-D-A-G-H, drinkcladacoffee.com. And when you purchase... 
When you purchase. Be sure, not if you purchase, when you purchase. Enter in the promo code. Make sure you get 10% off your purchase. CRCW10 for 10% off your purchase. Try Clada Coffee the way coffee was meant to be. I've got a I've got my Twitter question for my podcast hosts. Um when are we gonna get as unhinged with Kalata Coffee as we got with with some of our previous <laughs> our previous sponsor? Like, I mean Kalata Coffee I, might not realize this, but they've been getting off easy the last several I weeks. did just insult their nationality. So. <laughs> so that's the beginning. That's the little that's the little speck, you know? It's like a, an oyster. Uh, you know, that's a little grain of sand that just weighed its way in there. Now a little pearl is going to be formed over the next several mm-hmm. weeks or months until they dump us. <laughs> I'd like to thank Clada Coffee once more. Listeners, <laughs> uh, you may not know about a substantial gap that just occurred in the podcast. There's been an intermission. <laughs> an intermission. Uh, and it started with Alex Plum saying some things and then led to us collectively deciding that this was feeling a little too vanilla and we needed to get weird. So everyone has scotch. Grek has scotch and wine and is alternating between the two. This isn't fair. No one anticipated this was going to become a scotch episode. I already had wine. I'm not going to pour it back into the bottle like some kind of so some kind of homeless sommelier. <laughs> there it is. You couldn't have predicted it, folks. You couldn't have predicted it, but that's where we've gone is full circle. So I have a challenge to you all before we uh, we move on and talk some some shooty hoops. Hold on, if the- uh, I, I'm going to bring up a I'm going to bring up a question because I put them together from Twitter questions. So okay. Keith Ski is is kicking off Twitter questions, asking, "What are you drinking?" Let's go around the horn, starting with Jones. This is your fault. Explain to the listener what you're drinking. Okay, so well, uh, you're you're moving, and I'm moving. you came across this bottle, and you had it and you were cradling it and that's why this yeah is well so yeah so uh in tra- in transit in between places living with my in-laws right now spent the whole weekend packing up the house that we were in and uh and stashed away some things and i i had had in the basement this bottle of scotch and i was like i can't can't leave this to a box somewhere this needs to be on person so i am drinking a Lagavulin Offerman edition, which is an 11 year old Isle, and it is uh, uh, finished in Guinness casks. Yeah, uh, and it is Greg. I've shared with you this this uh, this drum. Uh, how would you? What would you say about it? It's exquisite. So the normal rules of like special editions and celebrity endorsement products not being as good as normal things do not apply to this scotch. This is a fantastic scotch. So it's my favorite, like candidly, my favorite scotch. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, I, I don't, I haven't had the 16 by Lagavulin, but it's not close to. You haven't? Oh, come mm-hmm. on, man. Can I get over here? But you have, and you said you liked this one better, at least in, yes. the, in the throes of it, anyway. In the, thro- in the throes of it, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but take this opportunity, I'm drinking the Lagavulin 8, taking my role as the beta on the uh, <laughs> podcast right now. Uh, Plum, what do you got? I got the uh, 
I got an 18 year uh, Glenfiddich here. It was a birthday gift. It's a it's a fine it's a passable whiskey. <laughs> the 18 year age it's a, it's on the Glen. It's a it's a passable whiskey. It's not a 14 year Oban, which is what I wish I had. But you can't say no to birthday gifts, friends. You can't say no to those. Is well, it better than like your your standard like Costco Glen, which is I think an eight? I think it is. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, no, no, it is. It's, it's, it's demonstrably better. Uh, well, now I know that the oven is what I need to get you when you close on your house. Mm. Mm. And, and the offerman know, for you. Yes. You now know that you have to, you have to search high and low to find yourself an offerman. <laughs> Good luck, and anything Glenn. else will be a Glenfiddich 14. So. Or or a Lagavulin eight, but let's leave it at that. <laughs> it's not bad. Get that. Uh, right. So anyway, as uh, as we get into the drums uh, here, I think maybe we should pledge that at the end of Twitter questions, we on air declare a winner for this week. Well, who's doing it this week? We'll, we'll just we'll consensus. Discuss. The, consensus. The Scotch decides this week. The Scotch oh, decides how this week. Setting for everybody. I, you know what? Mr. I will pull up the picture of Mr. Nick Offerman here, and he will decide the winner. Okay. All right. All right. We've got to talk about basketball. So, yes. Uh, there was some transfer, uh, potential transfer uh, information. Uh, Micah Parrish from Oakland was on campus this week. Anything we want to say about that? I mean, already talked about it. So glad. So glad that he came. Yeah. I I mean, I think the. Well, Micah, three of these things relate to each other, right? So Micah Parrish on on campus, which we we had heard they were interested in him. Uh, Today was the deadline uh, as a public, you know, we're uh, recording on May 1st. Um, It's the deadline for entering the transfer portal. Which is why you're seeing some bigger names enter at this point in time. Notably, as of recording, I think he has until 11.59. Max Christie has not entered the transfer portal. So, uh, Should I refresh those, Twitter over here? Yeah, just go to Chris Solari's page because my, Chris Solari's tweets are my favorite. He will, um, he will retweet a headline and just like say the same thing. In just like a couple fewer words. You learned this from magic. I've, I've started thinking about headline. retweeting anytime he does this. I, I've, I've been thinking about retweeting Chris Solari with just literally the same words that he said, but that dude is so sensitive. He blocks people all the time. So I don't know how long the bit would be able to, to go. Um, but anyway, uh, the, uh, so yes, uh, today was the deadline for entering the portal. Um, and then I, I think there's a broader conversation happening about, when you show your cards about pursuing a transfer and the idea that because this is the deadline for entering the portal, that if you are a program that doesn't want to lose players to the portal, that you would wait until the deadline comes. And, and Before you out. start making moves in the portal, yes. less you set off a domino effect on your own team. Yes. I and, get it. And hold I, on, let me just add one, one quick thing is mm-hmm. I'm th- I like Tyson Walker. I expect actually we're going to have a real great time with Tyson Walker on the team next year. Like you started seeing him develop into a big 10 player, but some people would say, some people would say that there were better guards that entered the portal after Tyson Walker did. And that MSU jumped too quickly. Mm. So the idea that heard that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the idea that you might wait because just because a dude enters the portal doesn't mean you need to like hop on it right away. Um, anyway, I throw it out there, Greg, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I was the, cutting you off. Uh, here's my thing with that idea. Tom Mizzo told us that he wasn't pursuing targets as many targets in the portal because he wanted to like keep the culture on the team or whatever. Uh, it didn't work. What? Those guys are gone. It wasn't a great season. So, uh, I think it's just sort of a new era and you got to kind of roll with the portal and the portal is, is basketball and basketball is the portal at this point. Now, as we go back to a time where perhaps you don't get that immediate eligibility, maybe that calms things down a little bit. I don't know where we're at on that, but uh, I don't know. The strategy as it's been going, hasn't been working. And I don't think this strategy, if it's true, even we're speculating matters. All yeah, much. I mean, like, let's see if we're in on, like, the center from St. Bonaventure. Uh, like, if we're meaningfully in on that dude, then y- you could say Tom just didn't see a center that was worth pursuing. Which, in fairness, like, may kind of be true. Yeah. Mm. But he did think it was worth pursuing his $4 million one-time payout, so... Tom got I, his D'Antonio check, but he didn't D'Antonio afterwards, so that's a plus. That's true. He didn't skedaddle. <laughs> well, he couldn't. He, uh, you know, he's got literally no one else. He's got no players. He'd have no coaches left. I mean, would we even be a basketball program anymore if Tom had taken his money and split? Yeah, it, do we have enough people on scholarship to field a team right now? Not right now. <laughs> Not right now. It would be like, do you remember that? that game that Alabama fouled out so many players that they were like three on five against, was it Iowa? Who was it that they were playing against? I don't know. This it was a... wild. Iowa or Alabama literally didn't have enough players to put on the court. Which, <laughs> forfeit at that point in time, which is what LSU is doing right now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so things that LSU and MSU have in common number of scholarship players. That is where it ends. <laughs> uh, I mean, that reminds me, I do feel like there was a large conversation around Mark D'Antonio getting his longevity bonus. Yeah. Um, And like, would he retire immediately after? Turns out those are warranted conversations. Yeah, but like, it is interesting that no one is having that conversation about Tom Izzo. Yeah. So, um, all right. uh, Great discussions. Uh, Drink everyone, drink your scotch, folks. Uh, Let's head... (laughs) Drink your scotch. (laughs) You know what? I wanted the scotch to get us a little bit more spicy than this. Come on, let's go. Wow. I don't know if you heard that, but that was an oops situation over there for Mr. Alex Plum. Oh, he's got a night. I was Is that a decanter with a cork? That's a decanter with a cork. I was waiting to see if if it would get the... And it did. It got the... The tops tops come off the the glen. See if I do it again. All right. Okay, I can't wait. Let's let's not. That was a little aggressive. All right, let's head off Grand River. Uh, and I want to start it off the table. <laughs> Don't ever make that noise on the podcast again. <laughs> Joe just had to cross his legs. Uh, continue. Um, uh, let's head down to Ann Arbor, where uh, last what, what two weeks ago we had Jaron. Yeah, who and. Uh, is losing a lot of credibility right now, I have to Listen, say. Listen, you can't hold this against him. Uh, so it appears that the University of Michigan 
is in the process of negotiating a new contract with their head hockey coach, Mel Pearson. And yeah. why wouldn't they? I'd like to amend, Jer, in fairness to you, as much credibility as you're losing because of this, U of M's losing way more credibility. <laughs> yes, that's correct. So, what credibility do they have left to lose? Burn it all down! Burn it all down! It's probably because they couldn't find another guy that wanted that role because it's so toxic over there. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to roll out all the things that they said about MSU for five years um, now in reverse. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Even though we, anyway, continue. So it, for those who maybe aren't fully aware, you know, Mel Pearson has a number of uh, controversies surrounding him, if you will. Um, of course, there is, I, I think, got a lot of sort of, uh, I don't know, knee jerk reaction for some of the allegations around them using uh, not real COVID COVID as an excuse for canceling some games that they might've lost. But that's Um, an athletic department thing. That's not just a hockey thing. Except then uh, some FOIA came out that, well, Mel was pretty involved with it. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and in fact, it was true. Um, there also were some allegations that they were flouting, uh, COVID-19 guidelines and were actively trying to thwart contract tracing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then lastly, there were complaints that uh, of sexual harassment within the program of female staffers Mm -hmm. and that mel pearson just didn't seem to care uh that the the staffer who was uh doing the harassing was was sort of given no repercussions uh or or coaching up or you know whatever you want to say like however you however you might address it from an hr perspective none of that happened was not addressed so um you know there's an ongoing investigation front by Wilmer Hale into uh, the sexual allegation or I'm sorry sexual uh harassment allegations but uh and also there's some title 9 concerns uh broader title 9 concerns with the team so there's a lot going on with Mel uh and not Mel Tucker but Mel Pearson again uh of of the the Michigan hockey team and so you might say well wouldn't they fire him well, his contract was set to expire yesterday. And they didn't. And they, you know, there was a thought that, well, you'd make a business decision to just not renew the contract. Sure. To do a, a Jeff Blashell thing. Low, though, it appears they're negotiating with Mel. And I just... I don't know. Like, I, I mean... Is it... Is it possible that they've seen that this strategy works when you have a coach at the University of Michigan who otherwise has debased himself, who through complete fault of his own and his own ineptitude has proven himself not up to the task. And so instead, but instead of firing him, the university, because it lacks all integrity, any self-respect or any ability to even take seriously the headwinds of change that we're all currently living in decides not to part ways with said coach, but instead to simply make the contract offensive. And because Michigan coaches know no better, they simply accept the terms of the offensive contracts. Now for Jorm Harmblar, or whatever his name is, he inexplicably rose to the challenge and had a semi-decent year this season. Is this what they're hoping then? 
for Mel Pearson that Mel Pearson did have a good year. But, oh, yeah, you went to the frozen four. Yeah. He'll have he'll have an even better year then by I mean, offering they, him. They nothing? look to be they look to be re- this this appears to be a I'm very good at my job of uh, and, and by good at my job I want to be clear that I'm saying in the narrowest form of winning the hockeys. Right. Um he is clearly actually bad at his job as it relates to being a leader an of people and yeah. an administrator. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. but it, when it comes to the winnings of hockeys he is quite good at his job. So at this point we should expect that someone like Mel Pearson who's done all of this he's unabashed in this, not apologetic, taking zero responsibility. In February, in an article in the Detroit News said that, you know, the facts would, would out him, that he would be vindicated. At this point, shouldn't really the I, I mean, and I think we should hold Mel Pearson accountable because he's a loathsome individual, as are most individuals associated with the University of Michigan, but shouldn't True. this conversation be directed at Ward Manuel? Isn't Ward Manuel quickly becoming the Tucker Carlson of sports administration? <laughs> you, see, you heard it here, folks. I mean, in fairness, uh, so Mel Pearson has a, a variety of allegations leveled against him, that mm-hmm. some of which have been substantiated at this point in time. Yep. Uh, how many um, how many Wilmer Hale investigations has Ward Manuel had to oversee at this point in time? Right. Also, they're giving him a good deal at this point. He's got like a two for one punch card. Also. Uh, his head coach uh, uh, of football flirts with the NFL. And by flirts, I mean, it was a very unreciprocated sort of uh, conversation. It's the same Please way that, love me. It's the same and, way that Graham Couch flirts with the athletic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or serious sports journalism, but that's neither here nor there. I just but, think. But also, let, let's not add on to it that other things Ward Manuel is dealing with is that his head basketball coach slapped another professional yeah and when you when, when and that's you not said, the first time that that coach attempted to assault somebody Pom, when you <laughs> when you were like the coach who you know you didn't know who i was talking about yeah you didn't know. I, I was like i can't place this person yes yes <laughs> there are so many at gets- that institution <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, you you know, one of them has won the Big Ten one time, and the other one has been <laughs> to several consecutive Sweet Sixteen. So there is just so, so much the, winning to justify yeah. all the rest of this. The that, I mean, what can what can you me. do, Ward? Your hands are tied if you're Ward. What are you going to do? Give up your sixth consecutive Sweet Sixteen? Man, that's what college basketball is all about, man. Man, getting another consecutive Sweet Sixteen. I just, the leaders and the best, the leaders and the best. Anyway, Love I it. think the point is, is that Mel, Mel should have been fired, certainly should have not had his contract renewed. And if indeed they do end up renewing his contract, it is fair to say that I, I, I feel comfortable saying that Ward Manuel is a bad athletic director and does not, have human. Good, does not have good values. Correct. Oh, human. not That's to it. mention, also... He's very generous for, uh, with his cars. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> Jeff Jackson uh, had a, a, a great time with Ward, and he's very empathetic. Does anyway, he drive a about... scissor lift by chance? Or no? <laughs> Wasn't sure. Asking for a friend. 
in I Louisiana. I can't believe that LSU was like, bring him down to the place with the gale force winds. <laughs> we get hurricanes. Hey, it's called Death Valley for a reason. Listen, all right. <laughs> he could he could kill scores of young men in Louisiana State, and no one would give a fuck. Uh, let's head to some other Big Ten news. Mike Loxley, head coach of Maryland football, is being extended on his contract for another five years. Now, you could have asked me to but pick his name out of a hat, and I wouldn't have guessed that that's who the Maryland football coach's name was. There's a condition to this, right, though? Um, isn't I, I, so my understanding was that the condition was for more years than the five. I think he has five oh. guaranteed. Wow. I could, it, it, listener, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but what I love about Mike Loxley's contract is that it gets more years if he wins seven <laughs> games. <laughs> and the thing is, if you're Maryland, you know you have the first four in the bag, and you're going to win them by a lot, because that's what Maryland does. They, they, they blow people up for four games, and then they just... Rutgers all over themselves. <laughs> That's mean. Back. That's mean. Why you wanna, uh, don't don't right. don't don't go like that on your adoptive school. You yeah, know? Mike you're, Loxley you're... is clearly ascendant right now. His first year he ascendant. won one Big Ten game. His second okay. year he won two Big Ten games. Well... And his third year he won three Big Ten. That's games. it. By the time Mike Loxley has been there for for eight years. Big Ten championship, guaranteed. In, in fairness, Mike Lockley does seem to recruit well. Like, I, I don't know that if I'm Maryland that I'm looking to part ways with Mike Lockley. Mm-hmm. I just, it was more that their threshold for, like, good was just give us seven, buddy. It's also just, Not like, seven Big Ten wins. I don't care how those seven happen. Do it however you want. <laughs> Create a hostile just, work environment. Just Harass staff. Seven. Lie about COVID. Like, preferably somewhere warm. As much as we just gave guff to Ward Manuel for his performance as an athletic director, the athletic director is just like, seven. I don't care how you do it, just seven. Like, that is colossally lazy. One has to think that the athletic director there... Unbelievably lazy. ...ask somebody, how many games are in this season? What's good? What's good for games? (laughs) Have that and plus one. That's great. Yeah, I that do love great. the idea that he could get six and go to a bowl game. Right. And if he wins that bowl game, that's it. He gets more line. years. A lot of money. He gets a lot on money. the line of that pinstripe game. Uh, I, I would, I would love truly if next year he's at six, and Baby Tua is having a good season and opts out of his bowl game. <laughs> For the for the draft, you have to think this is the incentive. You have to think that actually the athletic director listened to me on this pod months ago when I decried teams who didn't play their best players in their really ultimately meaningless New Year Six bowl games, which you have the listeners of this pod will remember. I he's gonna be out there doing nil deals for the best players on his team for bowl season. (laughs) He'll just be like, tweet at me, I'll give you. 50k <laughs> uh all right something else i think we should discuss and this will tie into our last topic but nil and the portal in tandem mm. so we've been seeing some really good reporting on name image and likeness and, and and also as it relates to the portal so some some recent headlines um 
Jordan Addison, the Blitnikoff winner as best wide receiver in college uh, football. Uh, and Peach Bowl loser. Yes, and Peach Bowl loser is headed to USC. At the time, it was mulling a transfer to USC. With an NIL deal in place at USC before he had entered the transfer portal. Um, Isaiah Wong, a player I'd never heard of, but at Miami basketball, threatening to leave if his NIL deal isn't better. At South, er, at, uh, South Carolina, there is a, this is not unique to South Carolina, but there is a, uh, you know, a collective, an NIL collective that uh, pays players to promote the collective. They are promoting them getting paid. Nick Saban recently talked about how he thought the current model was unsustainable, and that's coming from someone who was living in a model that was unsustainable and benefited greatly from it. I I don't know that I'm like I'm certainly not players being able to benefit off of their name, image, and likeness, but it is very clear that right now what we're talking about is not players benefiting off of their name, image, and likeness. Right. Yeah. It, this isn't where it began, at the very least. This isn't like. Oh, the NCAA football game is clearly representing me and then, you know, selling that product. It's we're in the Wild West right now. We're uh, going to drop the bag and we're just dropping the bag and we're dropping yes. the bag. I, I think Texas A&M is, is probably the foremost on this at the but moment. But funny reporting that came out on that, though, is that the supposed paying of players at Texas A&M was overinflated numbers and the collective that was doing that went out of their way to correct the record so that they said, no, 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 we're not paying them that much. I mean, still paying them quite a bit of money, but like, but like it, it is, I, I, I'm, I'm at loss of words on the, I want players like if, if we're talking about players getting paid for the work that they do, mm-hmm because they are a quasi employee of the university, then by all means, like I'm happy to have that conversation and it's a perfectly valid one to have. Yeah. If we're talking about players being able to profit off of their name, image and likeness, I am also in favor of that. But the world that we're living in right now is not that world. This is an entirely separate. This is about players getting some money for being part of the EA sports NCAA whatever the year is right. college football. This is about you being able to do commercial spots for, you know, or post about your local car dealership. Right. Like, I mean, or as I did this week, get a Peyton for Thornburger from uh, the hop cat. You know, wow. one of those situations. Perfect. Which is there delicious are, by the way. There are very few players who warrant, right? Like a national spotlight that is worthy of compensation. And I don't know that there really are any right now. Yeah. Yet for some, for Oscar Ashibwe at uh, Kentucky to have apparently two million dollars in the bag to come back and play college football or college basketball, like I, I'm sorry, what's what is he sponsoring? <laughs> Isn't like, your Twitter feed getting blown up with Ashibwe stuff all over the they, place right are now? Are they doing com- like is Nike doing commercial spots with them? <laughs> if they are, then by all means, I am kind of surprised that we haven't seen the shoe companies already jumping in on this. Well, like they were. Full Will force. Wade will let you know they were. But so, I, I, they, because like the shoe companies were so into AAU basketball that I just assumed that would be the first thing that we would see. Those kids would start sh- signing shoe deals. I don't think they can though. 
So they can't I, conflict with the, they can't conflict with their school's brands. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, because they those shoe companies already have deals with the the schools anyway. Yes, Plum. Well, I was going to say, I, I, let's just take this right to the logical conclusion, which is Mark Emmer. And no one on this podcast will be sad to see this absolute dunderhead, this full doofusburger, this duttered retire and hopefully stay retired is the most gentle way I can put it. All of this is happening because under his leadership, and leadership isn't the word, um, his placeholding, he has failed. Captainship. That's still too, we're giving him too much credit here. He has taken the wrong, objectively wrong position on anything of substance that has come in front of the NCAA. NIL, investigations, hell, acknowledging who teams are. Alston, in, in even knowing who the teams are, I believe in the uh, when he went to go uh, congratulate yes. Kansas, he referred to them as the Kansas City Jawhawks. <laughs> oh my God, Rock Schlock! <laughs> I am unable to. He is an embarrassment, and leadership isn't about. I don't know. It, the NCAA is so loathed, so wild. Gender parity, the ability to provide equity in accommodation, equity in facilities, equity in arrangements, equity in respect. The organization has failed on every front, and that is because of him, because he doesn't take risks. He hasn't put his neck out. He hasn't tried to adopt the next thing. He hasn't been able to look into the future. Good leaders know horizons. They know trends. They position organizations for what's about to happen. That's what's required of leadership. This man has been too busy putting his foot in his mouth and his thumb up his ass, and it, it, it's embarrassing. So we're grateful to see him go, and I am particularly struck. I think that his lack of leadership may in fact be the death knell for the NCAA as it's currently structured. I'm going to jump in and say, as I always do in these times, he's the useful idiot of the administrators of the universities that hmm. we love he's the ticket master yep of college but, sports uh who was the last commissioner of the big Ten? sorry why is his name escaping me before oh Del- delaney delaney jim delaney yeah. jim delaney why do i know that Lagavulin. this was uh, your, your moment i and listeners alex pop <laughs> thank you uh no, no, yeah, delaney <laughs> But like Delaney wasn't the useful idiot. I know. Del- he was the I useful mean, idiot of a much smaller group of people. And no, he put dollar signs in front of them. Yeah, but he also was able to manipulate and cudgel people as needed. Mark Emery also did, wasn't perfect. He he oh, no, 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 was no, no. absolutely oh, right, right about media rights. And that's yeah. about it. I, trust me, not claiming that Jim Delaney was perfect. But it is hard not to say that Jim Delaney had a vision for the future and was able yeah. to, to, to Blum's point, see, see change happening, get out in front of it at a time when, frankly, I mean, I remember when the Big Ten Network came around, I don't think any of us were happy about it. Right. In fact, we were all pretty pissy about it. I loved and, the Barbasol commercials. I thought that they were fantastic. And I will yet my life. it has been a boon for our universities. And yet he doesn't shave regularly. So this is the other point. I want us to make sure that we're homeless Somalia here. 
No, but Jones, you're right. I mean, I think this is what this is the this is the broader point. Mark Emmert, could you imagine Mark and Emmert in a meeting with anybody being able to summon the strength to just be, I don't know. Uh, he is. What is it like if you had to whitewash Roger Goodell, which is to say, who's the usefulest idiot of the hell? <laughs> yes, that is truly like Mark Emmert is aspires to be Roger Goodell. He's like a spineless Fred Rogers. You know, if you, Mr. Rogers was the lead of the NCAA, his really, kindness would get people to follow him. Anyway. Can, All no, right. Continue. I want to I want to know where this goes. I'm saying if Fred Rogers would lead by there's different ways to lead. And, and there, you, you could lead with kindness. You could lead with like, this is the right moralistic thing to do. We're going to cast a vision. It, it, I guess what I'm saying is it comes about casting a vision. Mark Emmert has slept and he's been sleeping on his heels. And mm. the rest of the world has evolved in the last, what is it, 10, 11, 12 years that he's been at the helm of this organization. Yeah. Think about how much things have changed. And at each time, he, it's been like he's gone to someone in a crystal ball and he said, tell me what the future holds. And he said, great, I'll do the opposite of it. Oh, and the they, keep, of that thing. they keep giving him the clue. Um, and I don't know if that's because he's just an imbecile, if that's just because he, I mean, he looks like the kind of guy who absolutely would be wrong on history every time. He's like a he's like a nerdier Colonel Sanders. Uh, mm. A Colonel Sanders that doesn't eat fried chicken, you know? I don't know. I What's fun about Colonel Sanders is that he, Colonel Sanders failed his entire career until he decided to open a a chicken restaurant and then that that hit and maybe it's it. the same thing with wow. uh, with Mark Emmert. Failed his entire career. Maybe the time is yet to come for, for Mark. Mark Emmert. Maybe he'll hit big wow. with, uh, I don't know, some kind of like Indianapolis, you know. Corn I, I, on the Cobb Station. Yeah. Mark's, Mark's Cobb Hut. Come on hey, down. We're all 20 are we, years are we from doing now, a- we're all going to be like, God, I love Mark's Cobb Hut. God, Mark's thought? Cobb Hut. I did, Detroit just got its first Mark's Cobb Hut. And Is this I the writer's it. room for a not a sponsor that oh. I'm walking into? <laughs> anyway. Anyway, regardless, we didn't need Mark. Even if whichever one of us is right whether he has the latitude to actually be a leader and he was clearly failing at that or like me they're just going to install another puppet in there um he wasn't worth the money that they were paying him and it's good to see him go here yeah all right gentlemen before we start it is time to raise our glasses to what is turned what has turned into i think a tradition that we enjoy in a weird hate sort of way. Whiskey. It's, oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, time for, it's time yeah. for Twitter question power rankings to officially kick off. And Greg, I do love that you yes. put our usual last questioners first. I thought I did this in a, a correct chronological order. I, actually I think he did too. Cause Raymond chains is always the first questioner. The other thing I'm going to say is, I don't think I'm going to say is dear listener. We don't know what the rules are. Okay, we do is, too. We don't. We talked about this. We didn't. And I refuse to acknowledge it. Fourth, I might not have been paying attention. Fifth, <laughs> I think that the secret 
to Twitter question power rankings is playing off to the inebriation of the hosts in a particular mm. week. You, to be successful, have to correctly guess which one of us is going to be just drunk enough to think that your question is the best one of this week. And that, more than any other factor, will contribute to your success. you got to really thread the needle on this one. Listeners. We got to also talk about the fact that, uh, you know, some folks didn't ask a full three questions. Right. And some um, folks asked more, actually. And yeah. some folks labeled their questions in a language that has yet to be divined by <laughs> Google or Apple. And that Twitter questioner is not going to win this month's this power week. ranking. No, she's not. <laughs> no, she won't. Uh, and I do love that, you know, the Keekski managed to jump all other Twitter questions. And that's worth some points. That is that's the, the most relevant question of them all. <laughs> Might end up being inexplicably ranked quite high. Uh, so let's dive in and we will, of course, start. Well, not of course. We're going to start with Raymond Chains. Uh, but the, uh, the rule that we do know is that every week counts the same. You're never you're never out of it. But also, this week doesn't mean nothing. Like every but, right, week, like, that's right. But if you skip a week, it's going to hurt you. Yes, it will. Uh, obviously, it will. Obviously, it, it always will. does. And uh, and uh, we've also determined that we are going to do two Twitter question power rankings. Uh, we are looking into prizes. I think Greg maybe reached out about that. Yeah, uh, he did. But, yeah, we sent some feelers. Uh, we're uh, we're looking at a May winner. We're going to take June off for power rankings to let everyone recharge. And then July, as we sort of ramp up and everyone starts itching for football again, we're going to bring the, back the power rankings. So and we do encourage some of you to take that month to recharge. <laughs> yes. Like, indeed. let's say you made up a language. I do. I think last year we, we talked about last year, maybe taking a week off in July. Yeah. I think I think we're going to well, rediscover this week, this this year if we should have taken a week off. But anyway, let's get into it. All right, first up is Raymond Chains, who asks, at what point does ridiculing underperforming players and fired coaches become kicking a man when he's down? Mm. I don't know. Is this if directly this is, at us? Is this I know, I'm like, I'm thinking, what did I do? So, <laughs> so as the person who's sort of charged with monitoring what other people do, uh, I, Raymond Chains has asked this question elsewhere. Oh. Uh, so I don't know. So in fairness, though, I think this podcast is more on the. We've been more on the ridicule. Ridiculing is maybe a bit better of a word for us. I don't know that we've always been kind in our critique um, of players. I don't know if we've made fun of fired coaches, uh, but I, I would. <laughs> well, well, we'll wade. I think uh, I think fired. I think you have to separate these two. Fired, yeah, fired coaches, coaches are yeah. entirely different from totally. performing players. They Mostly because paid. it's been for, and it's probably been for cause of some kind. Yes. N n well, but not technically for cause. Not winning is not for cause. I, I do. But truly that's not what the question said. If you're a coach, you're a public figure. And you're you're dramatically yeah. overpaid for what you're doing. And you're entirely fair game. I Raymond, I'm with you on the ridiculing underperforming players side of things quite a bit. I wish more. we'd been a little bit nicer to Joey at times than we were, but also Joey was playing like ass, <laughs> and he's still you know? he, he's coming back again. <laughs> I mean, but he played mu he played he, he got much better as the season went on. I, I mean, be, I 
a full season of Davidson games this next year. Yeah. <laughs> full year. 30 burgers all the time. Yep. Um, I don't know that. Look, Raymond, I would say this. Uh, even though we participate in the Twitter sphere, I think that is a, a different sort of segment of, of a question about like sort of ridiculing a player. For whatever reason, these three bozos have decided to produce a, a podcast and about a particular, yeah, air quotes from Plum. Um, and like, if you expect us to not talk about a player who's not playing well, then like, I, I don't know why anyone's tuning into this podcast. And we don't name, we don't add them. We don't name them by name. We invert letters to make it more difficult for them to search themselves. I mean, I think, I think you can be, and we're, we get pretty upset about this, which I think is because we love this. Why are you saying we? we? All right. Well, (laughs) next question from Raymond Chains. (laughs) Honestly, Raymond, banger first start for you. This this is trending in the right direction for you, Raymond. Thank you for holding a mirror up to the podcast. All right. All right. All right. Is K-9 being picked in the second round? Evidence of an anti-MSU deep state. When will patriots like yourselves take back the NFL that none of us care about? I'm tired of this globalist NFL cabal. Always keeping down the MSU players. I mean, I know, uh, Raymond, you just held the mirror up about underperforming players. But uh, if Kirk Cousins' lifetime earnings have shown us anything, there's not an anti-MSU deep state. That man Correct. has been, been grossly overpaid. overpaid for his performance. <laughs> um, I, 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 sometimes I do think MSU gets the shaft on things, but over on the net, we get I, the benefit of the doubt in some areas and we get overly schlagged in others. And I, I think that's I would out. say that if... If I had to expect that a coach would change that, though, I could see Mel Tucker changing that. Yeah. I mean, the the way that they let scouts in, like, yeah. his connections to the league, right? Like, I mean, is he the first coach we have that's had serious connect, like, serious connections to the league? Well, as we know, D'Antonio actively disliked having uh, scouts yeah. on campus. And no I one mean, wanted to draft a John L. player that wasn't Drew Stan, so... Perlis um, was at the Steelers, right? Before he was. And also, us. none of us were alive at that time. Sure, that's fair. That's fair. That's and not yeah, technically it, true, but we were definitely no, but like, not, it's not plugged it's, in at that time. But it, and it's definitely not the the modern day NFL. Yeah. So, um, next up from Raymond Chains, over under on MSU baseball naming me Baldy the middle aged mascot. <laughs> I would say that's more right. likely than not. The way that we've got Jer as our man on the street for hockey, we got to bring in Raymond as our man on the street for baseball. Tell us about Mr. 400, Jake Boss. Wow. And will he no longer be the boss of MSU baseball? No, no one liked that one. But Raymond, are you trying to edge? Yeah. Are you trying to edge out Sparty? I mean, isn't that the question here? Can we have another mascot? Or are you trying to be sort of your own like Johnny Spirit? No. What was it loud? Did you hear it? We we just heard the we just heard the top come off the Glen Fittich, and I'm I'm here for it, as the kids say. <laughs> All right, that's the second time you said it for the, as the kids say. Next up, the Edward Jerk guy. Will this episode be under two hours? I no. don't think so. No, it might be on our how long trajectory. Oh, oh Lord Jesus. 
It's hard to tell because our intermission was long, but and not at Plum our has, Plum has created several cuts. <laughs> That's not true. Yes, it is. It's <laughs> true. And listeners, I might miss one because we're in the scotch right now. So you might get a little bonus in this episode. Next up from the Abdur Jerk Guy, who are you to judge me? Well, listen, when you never win anything, uh, then it's pretty easy to judge. Pretty and easy. Honestly, are you even trying right now? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's pathetic. And who are you? You know, people are asking. People have questions. Well, he's and... no longer upper deck jerk guy, right? He rebranded just the jerk guy. Like he could be anywhere at any time. That's really upsetting. Yeah. But this may be more because he is somehow deeply connected to the concourse renovations that are going to be happening at Spartan Stadium. Oh, we should reach out to him to there see it is. if he knows. There it We're is. We're inviting everyone on the pot at this point. Uh, <laughs> next up from the Evidence Guy, what is your biggest fear and how can I best exploit it? I've, uh, I've regularly exploited Greg's biggest fear. Yes. When we went to video on, that was a huge mistake for my well-being, as it turns out. Oh, no, Greg. Oh, God. He's produced a knife. <laughs> Dear listener, he has truly and, like, sincerely produced a knife. And now he... Which you have I to don't... assume he's had for this purpose the entire time. I don't care for it. <laughs> I don't care for any of this. I'm going... I'm trying to think what my biggest fear is. It Dying. probably has something to do with, like, Brene Brown and vulnerability, if we're being completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> You're going to have to really psychoanalyze the shit out of this one, Upper Deck. All right, next up is Joe Ashworth. <laughs> one, <laughs> in hindsight, how would this year's basketball team have fared if Langford had used his final year of eligibility? Well, same. Max Christie yeah. would have been on the floor less. But the same shot selection would have yeah. happened. It would have been the exact same. It would have been the exact same. The exact Except maybe same. worse defense. But I, maybe I his know. percentage would have gone up, though, because he would have had fewer opportunities to miss. Maybe so. he'd be doing less of this NBA garbage. Yes, if, uh, that's the bigger thing. But we absolutely... Another reason I don't like Josh Langford, and he's always been my least favorite player. There it is. Wow. I mean, that's wrong. That's incorrect, but... Yeah. You're right. For what it's we're talking Christie. about right now. Ooh, it's just me Claire, carrying the banner for the Christie family over here now on the podcast. What a loathsome place Max. to be. It's just but me. Here's question two. I'm going to ask this for our friend in East Lansing, because I think he might have the closest experience with it from Joe Ashworth. What clot of coffee is best for making cold brew? Maybe more importantly, can you recommend a cocktail recipe using clot of cold brew? Clot of, clot of cold brew. Uh... So, uh, you know, I'm obviously the food expert on the uh, podcast. <laughs> Everyone can't get over how, you know, plugged on I am to the, to to the food, food community. To good and, food. And uh, how, you know, distinguished my tastes are. Uh -huh. And I got to tell you, any coffee is going to be great for Clara. Cold brew coffee. Any wow. coffee. Wow. Anyone. Even what, in a poly blend? The, what you're going to want to do. Is you're gonna to want to just load that mother up with vodka, vodka to the top. <laughs> Give it like eight parts of vodka, one part clotic cold brew, cold brew and from the hills of the Himalayas. You got a stew going, baby. Wow. Is That's there it. anything on their marketing page that's like cold brew this? Because I'm. Is not there a way to get ten percent off, Greg? 
Oh, CRCW10, while you're doing it. Ha! Next up from Joe Ashworth. Uh, what wonder of the ancient world should MSU construct as part of stadium renovations? I still maintain a ginormous party straddling the Colossus of straddling the stadium like Colossus of Rhodes would be ideal. I'm a I'm a hanging garden kind of guy. Huh? I think so too. We have the beautiful gardens right there, Beale Gardens yeah. at the uh, Red Cedar River at IM Central. That's all we need. We just need them to be bigger and more ostentatious. Yeah. Moo Yu should have the beautiful yes. gardens of Babylon. That's what I think. Uh, Jonesy, can, anything you would add to this? No, I, I think these are great points. I I am a little bothered that Spartan Stadium is a bit Spartan, mm, if you will. Oh. Uh, and that, you know, look, find it in the bag. We deserve something prettier. That's my two cents. All right. But keep uh, the urinal troughs. Urinal troughs oh, have to stay. Yes. Urinal troughs are like the true experience at Spartan Stadium. Uh, next up from Carl, you do too much, bro. Bigger style icon, Virgil Abloh or Mel Tucker 3? Melvin Tucker 3. I don't. Someone explain this to me. Uh, well, I don't know who Virgil is. Let's let's Google him for a second. Is but, there uh, a Melvin Tucker? Is one of Mel Tucker's kids? Or is he the third? He maybe he is the third. Carl, you do too much, bro. You're making us look bad. Doing too much, making Virgil us look Abloh bad. Abloh is the uh, American fashion designer and entrepreneur, artistic director of Louis Vuitton's menswear collection. Beginning. Oh, I knew that because uh, what's this? Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of uh, Carl, who died. Not Carl. Uh, you do too much, bro. But uh, the director of Chanel died. Recently. Well, this guy also died in tw- in November. Uh, anyway, COVID going around. Uh, it's it's. I mean, Mel Tucker's drip is, uh, as the kids said once upon a time, fly. Not to um, not to uh, not to. Uh, Am I, it. as the kids say, washed? <laughs> mm, I don't like that. I don't again not to discredit the dead, but uh he did attract some this uh Ablo attracted some criticism in 2020 after the George during the George Floyd protests after posting on social media a screenshot showing that he made a fifty dollar donation to Miami-based art collective Femme Power to go towards the protesters' legal costs, <laughs> adding that he was crazy inspired. That's fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cra- crazy and crazy and thanks for your Louis Vuitton money. <laughs> uh, next up from Carl, you do too much, bro. Asks Fran and Crean walk into a bar <laughs> full of buxom 20 year olds. <laughs> Which one actually manages to get a number <laughs> by a consenting adult of their own free will and volition? Neither is inadmissible, and you must explain <laughs> the factors that lead to your conclusion. So who's got more game, Fran it, or Kareen? It has this to is be a, Fran. This no, is a perfect question. It's disagree. Fran. No, it's Fran. Kareen, Kareen pulls in five stars. Why? How? You do that's, know. That's the question. You do but know. But you're that. making the point. You got to defend it. Kareen is like a born-again guy, right? Yeah, I mean, they all lean into the god shit. Look at Urban Meyer. It's fine. Fran's got those, um, got that white hair. He's got like the daddy grandpa kind of like white hair feel. Plus those penny loafers. Cream tans. Cream's got those bug eyes, though. Ain't no girl going home with him. 
Yeah, I'm with Plum on this one. I've, this is I think, salt and pepper daddy, and he's got money. And he's still an active coach in a way that Crean is not. Crean will be a media personality. Yeah, but not in a good way, not in a charming way. Not in a charming way at all. Like, I disagree. Crean has the gift of gab, and you know that because he's pulled five stars home to truly programs that you don't see five stars going to. Like maybe he's been seducing their mothers all uh, along. Marquette. But I don't think he was getting five stars at Marquette. He Dwayne Wade. He was Dwayne not Wade? the coach. He was not the coach when Dwayne Wade went to Marquette. And also, Dwayne Wade was not that highly sought after a recruit at the time. And you know who actually uh, recruited Dwayne Wade was the current head coach at Western Michigan University. It's very interesting stories about that you can read up about. But yeah. Um, Interesting. Well, anyway, we wish Tom Crean the best of luck as he uh, co-hosts alongside Robbie Hummel. Uh, but I'm with Plum on this. I I do think that what happens is someone spills a drink, and on Fran he gets really upset. He throws something, and there's a girl in the back of the bar with daddy issues who's like, "Whoop! Ooh, <laughs> okay, I'm on board with this," and that's that. Yeah, what's his name? Fran is like inoffensive and like, oh yeah, I'd like I'd let a man named Fran fuck me once or twice. Done. <laughs> I I suspect that when when Greg sobers up, he's gonna cut daddy issues for sure from this episode. I'm not. I'm leaving it in. All that's right. the title Handsome of the po- that's the title of the episode this week. Daddy issues. <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, the Keith Skeet. We asked, "What are you drinking?" And also. That was good. Yeah, it was good, but you should have given us more to work with there, Keith. Honestly, if you had a single secondary question, you might we might be winning right now. <laughs> uh, next up, Anthony Shartvert. The Garv is back. Jaden Reed had six plays of 40-plus yards last season, which led the team. Assuming he leads the team again, what player is going to have the most behind him? At 40-plus yards? Wait. No, that's... This is... A, not true, Shardbert. Kenneth Walker definitely had more than six plays of 40-plus yards. Well, maybe he means, like, receiving yards. Well, th- that's a different stat than what Well, maybe said. that's all he meant. Okay, also, fine. calling the Garve into question here, I've had uh, way too much uh, scotch to do that, but I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head of something like four or five breakaway big plays. By... So he had the 95 by in, at Rutgers. Yeah. He had the 75 at Northwestern. He had a 43 and a 50 something at Michigan. I, I just refuse to believe it was, it was, I'm not, I'm not buying it. All right. All right. Well, let's move on. Cause Garv is wrong. Wait, no, you... but so, but so second most, uh, I'm just gonna... like, I'm picking Jeremy Bernard. Wow. All right. I, I'll take one. I of those hope so. Two. I'll take one of those two. Uh, next up from, from the Sharvert, uh, who is the most likely player on the roster to be drafted on day one or two? Reed. It's Jaden Reed. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, Reed. Unless Thorne has a big, a big season and uh, I don't, goes I don't. pro. But that's not usually how the NFL works. So um, it's Reed. He doesn't, he doesn't have the measurables either. Right. So, right. But he does have my immeasurables. 
And he has a hell of a damn uh, burger over at the Hop Cat, as I learned. This and uh, his dad, if you didn't know, is a coach. So, uh, next up from uh, from Anthony. Uh, now that K Nine is playing in Seattle and MSU travels there, I think a road trip is in order. No, sailgating sounds like it goes pretty hard. Wow. My podcast co-hosts have just purchased houses, which for anyone that doesn't know. Makes things a little tight on the finances. I but... will take out more in my mortgage to accommodate me and Sharpvert sitting on a yacht somewhere in a harbor in West Seattle so that we can root on K9 and Michigan State, which honestly, will... if you both are going to this game at the same time, I will I'll buy. I love the idea of this. This sounds like a blast, and I don't know when we'll ever get to tailgate under these circumstances ever again honestly so, you know what like let's post pod we'll we'll discuss let like we need to make this happen this actually sounds like yes this is truly the scotch talking now <laughs> this is no, no, no. the scotch which I'm, is why I'm, we have to book the tickets today tonight we're going there never actually, mind the fact has anyone looked at airline prices we're gonna be there on the wrong day listeners <laughs> Also, uh, we need to talk about something else. Remind me after the pod, uh, another MSU related uh, ticket situation. So, oh, okay. All right. Uh, next, next up, up Jer Bear. Jer Bear. Why are people numbering their questions? Will fans? It's take fine, time Jer. To look past Jeff Blashill as uh, at the NFL level to actually get on board if he is hired. Oh, for Christ's sake, Jeremy! That... No one knows what this question means. This no is one. about Jeff Blashill being hired as MSU's next uh, hockey coach, and they definitely should. The dude did very well at Western, as I recall. Yes, he did great at Western. But it... I'm surprised Jer is asking this question because I have no expectation that he would go back to college. He left Western to go to a minor league hockey team. Which means that he cares about that more than he cares about college. And I would think that he could at least get a minor league hockey coaching gig somewhere. Jared, yeah. I'm surprised by this. But, but I'm Alan also Heller, encouraged maybe he wants by to this. open the bag. Maybe he wants to open the bag. Maybe Jared knows something we don't. Huh? I mean, in fairness, hockey is the one other sport that MSU has that has the opportunity to be at least a revenue plus sport. Yes. So it makes sense that you might buy a coach. Is it fair to say it's like football, basketball, men's hockey, and then like women's basketball has the opportunity to be like net. I bet you something like that. Yes, but I bet you women's basketball has a higher ceiling. Higher. You think women's basketball could potentially be profitable under the right circumstances? by all accounts, w- women in in the name, image, and likeness field have a much higher upside. And in terms of TV rights, media rights, et cetera, like that makes sense. To me. Just, yeah, like women's basketball, folks don't sleep on this. Like it, it, when we talk about parody in sports, this isn't like some weird handout. It's also like economically the right thing to do, uh, and it is also just literally the right thing to do. But uh, yeah, women's basketball, huge economic upside. I'm going to give some advice to our listeners. If you didn't go and listen to the episode where we had Jer Bear on to talk about hockey, like apparently I didn't listen to the episode where Jer Bear was on talking about <laughs> hockey, you, sh- you should go back and listen to it so you well, don't make an ass. About- 
He didn't he did. talk about Blashill. Oh, Blashill was not on the list at that time. Jair Bear, between that and Mel Pearson, you have some comeuppances, my friend. <laughs> But I still had no fucking clue what was going on. Yeah, I'll. I'll, I'm gonna. Do you know Plum? Do you know who Jeff Blashill is? I have zero clue, but I love (laughs) Jer Bear. (laughs) If 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 Plum, if I if I told you that he's a resident of the same city as you, would that be interesting to you? Or that your tax dollars go to subsidize his team in the same way that they subsidize the Detroit Lions? He is the fired coach of the Detroit Red Wings. He's the mutually not. Oh yes. Oh, I heard this today. Didn't that just happen today? Yeah, Stevie didn't didn't yeah. resign a contract. With I him. heard that on Michigan radio, where I get my news. Thank okay. you, NPR. Do you have your tote? Do you have your your? I do, and a multiple. Next up mugs. from Jerbell, <laughs> Jerbear, many mugs. F, Mary, kill. Oh, just Current say H- it, you bitch. <laughs> Current HBO, my t- my mother listens to this, and I love my mother. Oh, uh, and and honestly, hello, Linda, we love you. <laughs> Plum always thinks your name is Diane. Uh, <laughs> current HBO TV shows: Barry, Secession, Righteous Gemstones. Wait, are Barry and Righteous Gemstones still being recorded? I think so. Uh, season two of Righteous Gemstones just dropped. It's a flawed show, but it's also at times a spectacular. Has show. Barry? Is there a new episode or a new season of Barry out? I think that also happened in the last like three or four oh, months, right? Wow, didn't I got I got to plug. You that got in. some catching up to do. Yeah. I think all three of these shows just released, and by just I mean like over the last several months, released new seasons. All right, for uh, me, uh, I'm gonna marry Barry. Uh, I'm gonna f with Righteous Gemstones, and I'm gonna kill Secession. Are you insane? Are you insane? I haven't watched the session. And- oh, no, I need to. I know I need to. Same. I'm aware of this. But but as it exists now, I'm going to take what I know. Righteous Gemstones has some moments that are yeah. fantastic comedy. Yeah. That's why I'll say this. Some moments where you're like, why did What's you bother going with this? All right. I have seen... Succession is the Mary for me. There's zero doubt. And once you see it, you will amend your your votes immediately barry i have seen run uh, righteous gemstones i have not seen but on your recommendations alone i will f them and kill barry because i just wasn't <gasps> i didn't get very far into barry i couldn't get there and it has henry winkler who i love yeah <gasps> and bill he finally won his gram or not grammy his uh, grammy he that was the last one now he has he, he, he had a sing song he was waiting for his grammy Jumping those sharks didn't get he him finally that, won his that Emmy. Grammy. He finally won his Emmy. Uh, I uh, I'm with Plum. I I didn't for some reason get that far into Barry, even though I love love Bill Hader. I know yeah, I I've got to go back too. to it. Um, Maybe, but Righteous Gemstones is fantastic, and I'm gonna go back to Secession. So that's it. Mary that Gemstones. Is... Wow. All right. Yeah. Next up. Get to see one band, 1990s or newer, in their prime at Red Rocks. Who do you see? It's Guster, and you saw them last summer when you were on a cross-country road trip with your friends. That is who you saw. You were taking a reprieve from the pod. Nothing! Uh, The biggest musical mistake of my entire life that I've ever made was Daft Punk went up against uh, Iggy Pop at Lollapalooza, and I couldn't decide which one I wanted to see, so I saw neither. Wait, wait. Wait, I'm sorry. How could you not choose between the two? I love both of those. 
I love yeah, both of those. It seems to me that Daft Punk is the obvious answer. Now it's the obvious answer. I had no idea that they were never going to tour again in their entire lives. No, 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 I didn't even know. But they you were just said anymore. you chose neither. So what did you see, Barbara Streisand? I did. I did. I saw Barbara. I saw. I went and I hung out with Barbara. The answer for me is Daft Punk, and I would other than Red. I Red Rocks. I get that it's majestic, but I want to see them in a dirty. Yeah. Warehouse somewhere. That's great. That's, That's electric, what I would six. Want. electric Six. How have you not seen Electric Six? No, I've seen them many times. But you want to see them in a dirty warehouse, or you want to see uh, them? No, in that's the warehouse? only place I've ever seen them. <laughs> is a dirty <laughs> warehouse, or or uh, the uh, the Union. Uh, I, I know that Red Rocks is majestic, but most of the music I listen to, that's not the environment that I want to see that yeah. in. <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, so I saw. Radiohead at Bonnaroo and that was front row and that was <laughs> in, I mean incredible like and I don't I, they were my favorite band but like I also don't listen to them at all so it makes me feel like I should pick someone else as a I would R.E.M. Wow I like I would love to see R.E.M. live that is like a Red Roxy type of band, too. That's that's yes, that's exactly. I mean, it, it, I made a choice, right? Like it's I'm not saying it's my favorite. It's not my favorite that I've not seen. Like it's just in that environment. Who would I want to see? And I think the answer for me is R.E.M. Yeah. So, so Plum got to live his dream. You're R.E.M. And I would take I would step on dirty needles to see Daft Punk. That's where we're at. I mean, I would I would be at that show too, right? Like, I mean, it, it wouldn't be dirty needles. I'd be huffing out of a balloon or something like that. But I'd see Radiohead there in a heartbeat too. Ooh. But I don't think that's the right answer. It might know. be. It might be. Tom All right. Petty, R.I.P. Speaking oh, of Tom's, yeah. next up, Thomas Zambiasi asks: Should the dairy store play a bigger role in Mel Tucker's recruiting strategy? Yes. <laughs> Which flavor would be the most effective in securing commitments from five stars? I love how folksy the dairy store is. It's tucked away over there at the Anthony Hall. That place needs that place needs to be they bigger. Do. Like they every do. time you go in there, the lines out the door. Out the door. It's dumb. It's a yeah. huge commitment. It's like it's like a great yeah. restaurant. You only go there like when someone's in town that really wants to go there because it's such a hassle to yeah. do it. <laughs> I have a, no no no. So I actually think. That it's like a restaurant in New York City that's gained a reputation. Ah, oh, that that oh, is it hasn't it hasn't lived up to it. Is what you're going to say? That it's it's fine, but it has a reputation, so it, people want to go there. Like, wow, it's what are you trying to say about Spartan Swirl over there, Mike Jones? Is that I, what they renamed I'm, it? Yeah, because no one knows what sesquicentennial is anymore. That is horseshit. That is horse <laughs> shit. People are going to be like, why does Spartan Swirl have cake in it? <laughs> it's Next because, up. It's because we're getting oh, old, we, we didn't actually, We didn't actually answer Thomas's question. Um, well, we, now the answer uh, is no. They shouldn't be because they're a horseshit brand that doesn't know how to educate their uh, population of diehards and instead has debased themselves by pandering to the most common denominator and calling it Spartan Swirl. Boo earns. Um, and I think, um, and I think, uh, it should just be called Ishbia Chip 
is the <laughs> the uh, the one, and it is truly just mint chip, but you know the green. But it should cost him uh, twenty million a year for that <laughs> for a cone. Yeah, yeah, and it should be a chip. Uh, that would be most effective in securing five stars. Next up, John Hubbard asks, after Elon Musk bought Twitter, did he actually buy Twitter? Not it's quite. going through the process. I heard he was thinking about backing out. Uh, well, he was trying to get them to make him back out by losing his mind. Uh, well, he he's an idiot. Uh, after Elon Musk bought Twitter for $44 billion, how much would the can't, re- can't read, can't write media empire be valued at for a buyout and would I you mean, take it it tells you a lot why someone you know decided to slum it for for twitter at 44 right like clearly you know this was like elon we had we went into discussions with elon we turned him down he had a breakdown moment and then he yeah. went after twitter after that so i mean do with in, that information as you will as you i will say uh we care inordinate amounts about the brand that we have which is why we're drinking so much on this podcast (laughs) yeah just forget that we've somehow really overvalued this anyway uh the devil comes at you and says you will never have to live in debt again for anything but as payment you need to knowingly and willingly renounce everything msu and become a full-throated michigan fan for the rest of your life do you take the deal no i no. i and i also want to say as the person who is most in debt on this podcast <laughs> by a lot it's no. a no it's like a no. i have the ability to remove debt that would change my life no <laughs> maybe we, jonesy maybe, we didn't mean to maybe talk house to you. buying you really is, should talk to the devil about this <laughs> We no. think there's an opportunity for you here. <laughs> no. Nope. Do you know how much I care about the can't read, can't write brand? <laughs> uh, last up from John Hubbard, and this is a question in reference to his about uncle. His, uh, <laughs> <laughs> his uncle. L. Ron Hubbard had his private <laughs> Navy and books. Jim Jones had Jones Town. Oh <laughs> Evans Gate, Hale Bop. If you let a cult. Uh, who is your uncle? <laughs> what would it be its signature attribute by which it would be known and remembered? Is there like a everyone, you know, drinks the scotch type of yeah. <laughs> type of moment? Uh yeah, eyelids only. Eyelids only. Uh poison. Well, we had a we had an 18 bombs. Glenn on the podcast here today, so not only eyelids. Uh <laughs> no, plum, plums plums not part of the cult, to be clear. Oh, God. He's a listener. You can't be part of the cult if you're leading it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is getting unhinged. This this uncle line with the Hubbard thing is perfect. Uh, By the way, we're, I think, halfway through. Who's leading right now? They're all leading. (laughs) No. (laughs) They're all leading because we haven't read Mamapolief yet. Uh, (laughs) She's not. Next up from Spartan18770, as we begin to see the new college football landscape is shaping to be, did we in fact get the plan A coach in Mel Tucker with the transfer portal, NIL deal, social media, and major embosses on top tier talent? Were we lucky that Luke Fickle snubbed us? Did he snub us or was God at work? Well, he would listen to God, if anyone. That's it. That's what we were looking for. That was the answer we wanted. 
Luke Fickle can eat a bag of dicks. We are so lucky to have Mel Tucker. He is not plan A. He's plan better than A. He's plan triple A. He's plan triple S-tier. Z. He's between whatever A and Z is. I don't He's know. He's so high above A also, that it's coming back around to Z again. It's not even to Z yet. It's so high. My understanding also of the way Alan Haller works, which he was tied to the Mark D'Antonio hire, right? And um, the uh, many other hires is that it's about the interview for him. And the fact that a true old school interviewman has like a steno pad and a pencil. Because I think we talked about on this podcast when all of the nonsense was happening that I was a bit concerned. I, I, I remember saying this, that we'd Rooney ruled Mel Tucker mm. and that I, that I was upset that that was, that was insulting. Yeah. That, that, that is truly tokenification of, of a human being. There it is. And, and, and I'm happy to say that I think I was wrong about that. that. You were wrong. Um, but but it did seem that the trend at the time was that we were going to hire Luke Fickle, right? And and it seemed like we had tokenified Mel Tucker, and so my my hope is that actually Luke Fickle was still always being interviewed, and as much as Luke Fickle likes to believe that he turned us down, that Mel Tucker still won the job. By all accounts, Mel Tucker brought binders in about how like his vision for making MSU a national champion and i mean whether he delivers on that delivers on that is tbd and and frankly there's a lot stacked against him but i i I tend to believe that mel tucker was is was and always will be the best interview in that process yeah i i don't i appreciate the question spartan 18770 it's not really worth revisiting though like you got the guy it went that way one way or another. So happy we got that yes. guy. So I don't want Luke Fickle. Very happy with my coach. Wow. Spartan 18770 is all about the history with these questions. Two, if there had been no Ford Explorer rollover with Martin Cleves and the Martin? Michigan players, he Martin? goes by Martin now. So we just do that. Would Tom Mizzo and MSU have had success uh, of a 25 year run? Would. <laughs> <laughs> there we go uh, that's that's something we at some point uh would steve fisher in michigan have blocked izzo's dominance or perhaps even ended izzo's career at msu you've got to remember izzo had a rough couple of first years and then went went big time from there um i i believe martin has been asked about this and he claims it had Nothing to do at all with his recruitment. It seems difficult to believe because it totally cratered the other team in the uh, state. Um, But he says that. He will tell you that. Now, do I believe all of Martin's testimony? No. You keep saying this. He really did choose to go by Martin. I think it's pronounced Martin these days. Oh, so it's just maybe a Michigander accent? Listen, All right. I just... I, I can't get over... You keep saying that, and I can't, can't get over it. Listen, it's what Martin tells me to, to say to, about Martin. You don't know, so. you know. Honestly, if that's how he wants his name pronounced, that's the way I will pronounce his name. But until I hear uh, him say Martin, the next time yeah. you say it, I'm driving to Lansing and beating you to death with a hammer. 
You're talking about Mati? No, no, just just slap him like Juwan with a fucking hammer. Uh, <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night and plums over me. He's just like, what did I say? You did this to yourself? Anyway, or next I up. Just, I look over when I'm making all the cuts that Plum made me make on this episode. It just got the hammer. Next up from Spartan18770, who, by the way, I, w- I just want to call this out, gave away a signed uh, Kenneth Walker yes. poster. To really? whom? For who got people. it right? Who guessed well, it? Well, I don't know. So multiple people had guessed. Uh, the, the the challenge was you had to guess where Kenneth Walker went in the draft. And and what um, round, I believe. Yeah, you had to guess team in round, yes. Um, and I maintain that I should have won this by chiming in that anyone who didn't pick him from first on was an idiot. Mm. That is actually the correct answer. But well, why would you give uh, it away? Uh, he has a, an intense collection. I'm sure he gave it away for very fine reason. Hey, Spartan uh, 18770, if you want to talk to us about the prize for this Twitter competition. Uh, yeah, or just <laughs> give it, or just give three prizes to your favorite three co-hosts of any pod you listen to regularly. Or give us four prizes. We'll hold on to one. (laughs) Anyway, next up from Spartan18770, who has a very nice collection of MSU gear. Yesterday, my nephew played baseball against Harbaugh's kid. Oh my God. This is how Jimmy was watching the game. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Oh, no. I didn't see it. Oh, Oh, is this real? I think it is. Plum, let me let Can me. Can you grab share it a screen? You. Share a screen. Hold on. Hold on. Someone I'm putting sh- it yeah, I'm putting it in here. Someone share a screen. Dear listener, go to Twitter right now. Right there. You might have to refresh the Google Doc, but it's in there now. 18. Oh God, why? Why? Is that really him? <laughs> I don't think I don't think duck. he's lying. What an odd duck. Like Oh, what I'm a willing is, is, that the, is that the COVID person. protocols that he was bragging about? The strangest thing is that he seems to be doing the like the pointer finger thing in front of his face. It seems like he knows that his picture's being taken, and and he decided to say, you know what, I will pose like I do when MSU beats me. And he's so that wearing is this... the block M hat. Too. So well, his child really is going those. to be a sociopath when he grows up. We can all agree on that, right? I've got bad news. He's got like eight of them. That's a lot of sociopaths. Really? Is he? I mean, he was on the National Review talking about choice. So, oh Lord Jesus, God, those cats are so unflattering. I'll never understand. Spartan eighteen seven seventy. Thank you so much for sharing this. And also, could you have kept this to yourself? Because it's so troubling that now I just have to deal with this. Yeah. It is like I had to see this. Now you do have to. You have to as well. Yeah, I'm really upset by this. Uh, there's an and to your question, what's up with this guy? It's I mean, he's doctors. We're in, in a truly like it must be seen to be believed moment yep. where the medium doesn't get everything yep. across. He's in this small weird pop up tent that appears to be like a malaria barrier. But um, I want to say this. But I want to say this. If he were forced by like the Great Depression or World War II or something to be a human, if society didn't tolerate his absurdities because 
we've claimed that he's good at football and have, you know, and he's of course not good at coaching it by any stretch. Um, if we could accept these things, he would probably be normal, right? If, if, if he was forced to farm the land, if he was forced to do an honest trade, if he was forced by culture, by circumstance, by necessity for living to do normal things, he'd probably be maybe a little anachronistic, but generally a decent human. This sitting in a bubble, watching a children's t-ball game is the product of a society that rewards the absurdity that is the just the drama of this person and his life. Yeah. And I want to just take it back to Ward Manuel. This is your fault. You have created or at least allowed this monster to continue to exist. And oh God, look what you have wrought. So. I uh, This reminds me, I was at a baseball game one point a high school baseball game against chelsea and jeff daniels was there and no one bothered him like just no one talked to him he was just a regular guy in the stands and he like walked out because it's just like people know better than to bother people yes yeah my question for you spartan 18770 did he set this up for himself was he like this big convoluted like five minutes where he was out there like struggling with this structure or was there like a group of of U of M like student, student athletes yeah. that went out there and put this all together and got it ready for him and then went and collected him and then like escorted him into it. I need to know this, Spartan 187070. So please reach out with that information. What's it called? Uh, a pallet? What's it called? When you 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 like a buyer, you carry them in in something over their like shoulders. I expect pal- you to Paliquin, know this. Paliquin, I think. There's zero percent chance. What's the name of the podcast, Paul? Okay. What's the name of the podcast? We have a well. Last week, Jones tried to introduce us as uh, as cannot read, cannot write, and that was on him in- he exclusively did it this week as well. Did he? I didn't uh, hear it. He did. He did. You just internalized it. You suppressed that. I don't pay attention to forty percent of what we produce, and then we thing. got tubed by the man. Uh, next up. From Mamopolif. And what are we doing with this? What, like as a pod, pod meeting. Listen, what are we I'm going to just, this dear is? listener, dear listener, if you have time and you're already on Twitter while you're listening to this, go over and check out Mamopolif's Twitter handle and you tell us what language you think, because she has decided to try to phonetically spell for us. Uh, I, my Google Translate thinks it's Gaelic. Uh, or Galicia, I should say Galician, which I don't even believe is Gaelic. You know, you know that the the other ones have just different accent marks. They're just pointing in different directions. Listen, I don't. Let's not acknowledge it. Let's move on. Which <laughs> number will be greater? It. In fact, my <laughs> belief. Which number will be greater? Plum's amount of f bombs this episode, or my Twitter questions ranking? <laughs> <laughs> no over over under or around the Ben crap needed on this one. She said crap. Just straight out reasoning. Susan, uh, Twitter Susan? question. Wait, Twitter question update. A number just came to me in a dream, and I'm going to guess four million bonus bombs or points. <laughs> oh, she was moves ahead. Oh, she called the shot. I on think that. Plum's been relatively hinged on this episode. Well... Yeah, I mean, notwithstanding the cuts. <laughs> They've been good cuts, listener. They've been good cuts. The very best cuts. All the best cuts. Trump steaks. Get them here. Greatest, greatest cuts. Susan, all I can say to you is fuck that question. <laughs> I thought you were going to go worse than that, honestly. 
Hinged. Uh, Hinged. Next up, Mamepleaf asks, MSU pioneered the study of packaging. Yes. Cool. Yes, that's true. Uh, with the big move discussion recently, Big Ten move discussion recently, what is the, uh, oh, the big move discussion recently, what is the item in your households that would be the most difficult to wrap, package, and safely transport from one abode to another? Did I talk about this on the pod? Did you talk no, about this on the pod? No, I think it's me. It's you. It's it's Jonesy. Um, uh, well, apparently it's a bottle of uh, Lagavulin. Which is now, edition. you know, half gone. So that's, yeah, It's you know, now being transported in your person. <laughs> I don't uh, waste this. I'm inclined to take this question seriously as a former mover. Um, the answer is your television. Oh, Probably. that's interesting. Considering that uh, today I moved a television and a 30 inch uh, computer screen. Hmm. Yeah, well, you just got to keep them upright. You got to. You got to. I would not think it's a television. I I would think it'd be like any of the artwork that I have, any of like the precious fucking framing. There's another fucking. I don't even think about those things. That that is not even in my frame of reference because I don't have. I think the best thing about movers is that they don't give a fuck about what you own. Yes, that is it. They do not. I would hire movers to only move the boxes I packaged for them, and. No, when they pack, they don't care. No, that's what I mean. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, I would never let them pack my shit, but I certainly... No, no, it's... But why not? Because you don't really know how you're going to use your new space. So this this assigning we do of boxes to particular rooms is assuming that we're going to use rooms in one house as as we're going to use in the other. As someone that was a former professional packer of things... Professional is a really strong word, but go on. Do you want to hire professionals? Because you don't really know how to pack your stuff. You don't. I agree with that. I know I don't. Again, I help Jason, so I know he doesn't either. That's none of that. The pros. Yeah. I will tell you. Hugely expensive. Yeah. If we move again, which I'm hoping we do soon, I will absolutely be hiring a professional because there's no way in hell. Honestly, when people come and pack your place and they do it in four hours and you're like, "Uh." how? Yeah. Yeah, No, no. It's because they don't care. Like, they don't care about what goes in the box. And you do. And I'm telling you, you're projecting your current scenario on your future future scenario. And, like, those aren't the same thing. Truly, don't. Your best move is to not care if you're going to do it yourself. And the best way to not care is to hire hire a professional. Uh, Next up, Mamapalief asks, competition on the forefront as U of M outscored MSU by four shots to win the Big Ten. Stacy Slobonek. Stole going to Oklahoma for a 22nd NCAA tournament as head coach. For you to be competitive, what three clubs will you choose? This must be golf. That is, this is golf indeed, because uh, MSU came in second. Um, uh, and only with, three. Um, there, yeah, we should have a we should have a golf tournament at some point. Maybe. Yeah, we should do that in Seattle. Forest Acres of Seattle. Um, what guy? When you guys golf, what are your best clubs? Probably a three wood, uh, seven iron, and a putter. Oh, yeah, putter! I mean, That's you generous. have to. Yeah, if you have to include the, if you have to include the putter, 
I take the putter out for this. Like it's not fun. It, I can't hit a five iron to save my life. It's, then I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take an I'm gonna take an eight iron because I will uh, sort of put onto the green with my eight iron. Oh yeah, um, that a boy. Uh, I will for sure take a pitching wedge because it's actually one of my better shots. I'm good yeah. at pitching wedge. Yeah, get that. Um, and then I'm I'm kind of with. Plum you want the three, the three wood, wood, but you can but tee you it. You can fairway drive with a three wood. But you know what? You're gonna hit a three. You're gonna hit a, a par three that like that doesn't work for it. So I'm don't I'm take the full probably, swing. I'm I'm probably going with a five iron. I can't hit a five iron to save my fucking life. I I seem to like every time I go out, it's either like the six iron or the seven iron that I get like a real feel for. But I don't know what it's going to be until like the fourth hole or something like that. Seven iron. We should, you know, what we should do uh, next year for football season. We should do an acres round uh, because you can start drinking there earlier than mm. you can for tailgating. That was my problem this year is that I hadn't started drinking early enough, which was your own fault. Oh, yeah. wait, I forgot you live in East Lansing and this doesn't matter. And also we forget that I was drunk when I showed up for the tailgate. Yeah, that's because you were terrified of meeting people. <laughs> yeah, they were scary. Next up for me, Van Sinner, who asked four questions. I, we're going to answer all of them because we didn't take the time to remove one. Uh, what was your first beer? What is the first beer you buy to signify the start of summer? Oberon. I is it anything question. about Oberon? It's not a question. This is a bad question. It's so obvious. Nothing else signifies summer but Oberon. No. Am, Jonesy, you have a strong you you have a strong feeling on this. Do you care to share it? No, no, no. I I actually don't. Uh, I think mine is actually probably closer to like uh, a Modelo than it is anything else. But especial or or Negro. yeah, especial, uh, especial. Uh, or a, a Dos Equis, uh, but like, I mean, in fairness, Oberon comes out way before the beginning yeah, way of before summer. summer. Way like, before so summer. let's not kid ourselves that like drinking Oberon is the start of summer. Oh, summer, not spring. Sorry, I misread that. Yeah. What you got for so, summer then, Plum? Uh, it's still Oberon to me. And it's not Oberon to me, though. I think I might be with Jones on this. Something that I can put a lime in, I think, is probably uh, a summertime drink. But I don't do Modelo Especial. I really only do Modelo Negro. So I think yeah, that I'm might be Yeah, I'm with you it. on that. Yeah. Oh, don't sleep on the Especial. No, it's I know fine. the Especial. It's fine. It's like Pacifico. I'm not going to be offended by it. I'm just not going to be... Oh, I think actually Pacifico is a better beer, but you can't get it in a can. Huh. So that's my that's my thing on that. This is a great question uh, from Me Man Center. What was your favorite go to restaurant with restaurant not spelled correctly, correct. or bar I in always EL that has I now always... closed? Why was it so I... good? Hold on, I have an answer on this one. I do too. Ours might be the same. So uh, it is either uh, uh, Gumby's. No, 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 no. Uh, not Gumby's. Yeah, Gumby's. Yeah, Gumby's Pizza. Or. Um, what was the Conrad predecessor? Menas. 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 Yep. And the answer and the answer, why is it so good? Because I'm drunk. <laughs> like that's why it's what good. about what about the downtown East Lansing Bells? Well, there's hold on. still the other Bells location, but what about the downtown East but Lansing? But my, my supplemental answer to because I was drunk is actually BTB Burrito. I work I worked there. I worked there. Prayer. 
prayer hands prayer, go and, out. And the thing is, the steak, the steak burrito, it was soaked in soy sauce for like 24 hours. It was delicious. I'm going to put out one that I didn't appreciate when I was in college, but I would greatly appreciate now as an East Lansing resident is the downtown uh, Woody's Oasis location. With ah, oh, I'm with you. I was Woody's. actually, I was thinking about that because you told me they closed, right? Yes. Yep. There is now only the Trowbridge Woodies, and Trowbridge, I yeah. regret that. I should have had more chicken. And their their cocktails were great. That was a huge great. spot, their and it was a very great. very cute spot where it was right on Grand River. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I'm gonna no, have to go to Flats Grill. Right. Flats Grill is the what answer. Was Flats Grill. I don't remember Flats, Flats Grill. Flats Grill, right in the uh, it was next door to Rice Kitchen. Oh. And that, oh. little, uh, that little alleyway. Is the Panda Express still in the International Center? Yes. Oh, we Panda eat there Express so much. Is still there. So yes. much. Oh god. Never not the Panda Express of the International Center. But I actually, I think consensus Woody's might be the answer here. I would accept the consensus. The consensus answer is. I wish or, Gumby's. Gumby's. I don't think I would do Gumby's. I don't know. It wasn't very good. Pokey sticks were garbage. They were trash. Uh, Plum, I don't know how to break this to you. None of it is good. Yeah, that's fair. No, but I mean, like, it's, Woody's it's, the was. The answer is, you're drunk. Yeah, but Woody's was good. Woody's They're, is good. Their so. hummus is fantastic. Anyway, There's right. now a place in, in Trowbridge Plaza, in addition to existing Woody's, called uh, Sparty's Kebab, and their hummus actually gives uh, a run to oh. the Woody's hummus. So I think we'll have to do next time you guys are up. Might be top flight question here. That was a that was a solid one. All right. And because uh, of this, because of this, we're only asking one of the last two. And so I'm going to randomly choose the last one. Seeing as how the Big Ten is notorious for its utilization of centers. Oh god. Not new that's news to me. Compared to the rest of the P six conferences, could MSU get away with a smaller lineup this season? Do you think Izzo still has the innovation and energy to pull it off? Well, I mean, he's Draymond and the small ball stuff, right? Like, all he has to do is watch the Warriors. He also he's going to have to, is the thing. But he doesn't have a Draymond or Xavier Tillman. He has neither of those things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see Joey Hauser becoming that. No. No. Didn't he say when he transferred in that he can pass like magic? <laughs> Oops. Well, we saw we saw Joey Hauser's passing got better. Izzo like, likes to manifest things in the media. It goes all the way <laughs> back to like Kalen Lucas is the natural born leader of this team when Kalen mm. Lucas like mumbled his entire life. Um, Who's the one that slept with people's girlfriends? That was not true. It was uh, it was Chris. What's his name? It that slept with Darrell Summers uh, girlfriend. That was the rumor. But he said. On Twitter, it wasn't true. It's because he smoked too much weed. <laughs> um, so he tried to and just couldn't? Or like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right. Anyway, next up, <laughs> Dan Hellpepper. Cast your mind back to 2011 and imagine how you think they explained to Tom Izzo and Mark D'Antonio who the situation was. I was at that game. Pum, were you at that game that the situation I was, showed up to? I was in Micronesia still. Oh, that was when you were setting up all everything for you needed Teach to for America. <laughs> That's uh, right. Thank, That's thank right. you for your service. If you taught, uh, Plum, dear listeners, was uh, was in the Peace Corps and then prominently Wait, featured in the MSU Alumni Magazine, which is not something that we reference enough. We really should. Not, not on the cover, mind you. No, but definitely sitting Who in a kayak. Cover? 
Who got the cover? Some yeah, woman. You know. Some woman. You know exactly. No, who oh, got the some cover. woman. I don't. Uh, I, know, I literally. Really I don't know. Jordan. I don't know. I don't know who it was. I don't know who it was. I don't know. Her do, name. You, do you want to add some more descriptors to make it worse? Uh, white. Some <laughs> white woman. How's that? Is that worse? It should be better. Uh, what I will say is, when I went to Grex for the very first time, it was as if he knew I was coming. He knew I was coming, <laughs> and he placed out on you his there. coffee table said issue of the MSU alumni magazine, and I was like, oh, "I'm in this," and he was like, "Yeah, I know. That's why it's, <laughs> That's why it's out." <laughs> That was like 2017, 2016. I do like that you you raised your hand for I'm in this. I was in like, it. Like uh, I, and you looked at I, me like like what a coincidence. Did you know? <laughs> uh, to, to your credit, to your credit as friend as a friend, you saved it for all these years because I was in it. This is not a recent issue. This was several years ago. Yeah. Uh, next up is Mike Jones. I don't think we answered Dan Helpepper's question. But <laughs> Dan, how does Dan, it, how does anyone get explained who the situation is? Can't can't do it. Uh, I I would I think I would cherish uh, Juwan Howard having to explain to Tom Izzo and Mark D'Antonio who he is. Is Juwan Howard sometimes doesn't strike me as like yeah up on things. Oh. <laughs> okay. Just with like, his remember the 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 uh, in the fairness commercial. to Juan in this case, it's not to be up on things to know who the situation is. So yeah. also true. Uh, next up from from the better Mike Jones, who, who would have said something better about Juan Howard in that in that case. Uh, if you could get up, if you could set up a home and home get with up. any college program, if you yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> There was a Freudian slip there. Uh, if you could set up a home and home with any college program in the country, who would you want to play in the woodshed and where would you want to see MSU win? Before we answer this question, it's a home and away. It's a home and away. You're talking about our team. We're going to be home one season. We're going to be away the next. This home and home bullshit implies that we're home twice in a row. No one's coming to us twice in a row. It's home and away. All of you assholes, stop calling it a home and home. It doesn't make sense. I want All right, Bama. Mike Jones, I got a question. I want Bama. Are we good? He specified a win here, and I want Bama. Oh, want then you know what? I've got one. Appalachian State. Uh, <laughs> I want Bama. I want Bama. I want the Bama, the Bama series that got canceled. I want that back. He wants it I back. Want Bama. No, it's it's... There's no, he didn't specify a win. There's no, oh, see, MSU win on the road. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, on the road. I, yeah, I would take Bama. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Nice Southern answer. North Dakota nice. State at Hoople. The Hoople Hoops. Uh, next up from Mike Jones, Matt Coglin was invited to the Chicago Bears uh, to training camp uh, after the draft. Alex. Tell us how much you love him and how you are a diehard Bears fan now because of him. You know, I don't hate the Bears. I, uh, you know, NFC North, and we can, we can, we can celebrate the Bears, can't we? Uh, well, tell me about it. Do you celebrate the Bears? I am now, despite the fact. Despite the fact they've chosen Matt Coughlin, who fucked us like a dog <laughs> last season with his idiot girlfriend, 
stupid Beyonce. person. Don't care. Stupid person locking yourself in a closet, calling him on the eve of an important football game, and he blundered himself to death in that game. This was truly the worst sixth or seventh year a college football kicker could have had. So, but we wish him the best. Hope that he can get. Plum, general question though. What do you think about Bears? Yeah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> All right. Next up from the Mike Jones. I'm not doing it. Is there Come a better, on. is there a better MSU draft story than Connor Hayward? I, otters, otters are, uh, I could see that. Uh, Wait, speaking about bears, now Connor Hayward. Uh, is this why you guys had your Twitter moment between thing. the two of you? All right. Uh, you should, I should give this to, to, to Plum because he had that Twitter moment with Connor Hayward. It was his mom, his it mom liked Insta- it, by the way. Yes, it was, it, but it was also his Instagram. His mom liked this question. Is there a better MSU draft story than Connor Hayward? Below average RB. She liked this question. Yeah, it's fair. It's Below fair. average RB enters portal. Tuck re-recruits him out of portal, finds a new role for him, thrives in 2021, drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers to play with his brother. We have always said. This is going to be great for audio. What? Okay, I'll stop clapping. What have we always said? Redemption arc. Redemption fucking arc. What's the most important thing? Breakfast. Family. <laughs> orange juice. <laughs> Tropicana has a new cereal you eat with orange juice. Listen, this is what the people are saying. And we are grateful for Connor Hayward, who experienced redemption at the Michigan State University, if only Joey Hauser could approach a fraction of Connor Hayward's success, Whoa. we would win not one, but we would have won two national championships. What if Joey Hauser comes back next year and gets drafted by the Celtics and goes and plays with his brother? <sighs> yeah. I've got one that I don't think counts because it's sort of the opposite. It's because draft day went so poorly. But what happened afterwards with Brian Hoyer? Oh, I mean, Brian Hoyer is my favorite individual in all of MSU history. I mean, talk about a person like we make fun of uh, Jim ba- uh, Beheim at yeah. Syracuse for doing yeah. literally nothing. Yeah. Brian Hoyer has maximized that. He he makes Jim Beheim look like a beta and <laughs> beta cuck. Beta Beheim, as he's known. As he's yeah, known. yeah, yeah. In, in in beta circles, he is indeed known as Beta Beheim, and I love that for Brian Hoyer. Like the fact that Brian Hoyer is a name that anyone remembers or knows outside of Michigan State that people know still Brian Hoyer's name is problematic. <laughs> problematic. I mean. <laughs> Honestly, just because we saw him throw five interceptions against Boston College, problematic. All right. Honestly, if if that if the quarterback goes out and Brian fucking Hoyer has to step in at this point in time, is he what three years removed from Brady's age at this point? Uh, he's, he's probably older than Brady at this point. Next up from always thinking 1855, uh, the MSU college of human medicine hosted a teddy bear picnic this weekend where kids could bring their favorite stuffed animal for a checkup with appearances from Sparty and even Zeke, the wonder dog. 
Okay. What exciting event could Camp Read Camp Write host for the young Spartans of tomorrow? Did Mama don't bring him, write this question? Don't bring him to the tailgate, by the way. Don't. <laughs> Always do thinking it. 1855. Do not do it. Uh, as the only person that has a, a child in their life, Jonesy, what would you plan for a kid's outing that's can't read, can't write related? I wouldn't. <laughs> simply would not. I mean, I reminded, uh, so when we were packing up the house, you know, we, we had the Michigan State hat with the Mickey pin in it for Blake. And I said, remember the scary man got it for you because that's what he calls Kevin. <laughs> I'm the scary man. I'm not just a homeless sommelier. I'm also the scary man. Yeah, no. Uh, and and to be clear, in those moments, I'm looking to be away from the children. So no children allowed. <laughs> this reminds me of my wedding where on the invitation it said very clearly, leave the kids at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Next up. Wait, there were children there, though. Uh, the, I was I gave out exceptions to a couple people, but I, I don't think anyone took it. I think there were no, no children there. Were, there. there were children playing with the uh, kiss me uh, hockey net that you had. Oh, huge yeah. mistake. Yeah, I don't know who was, their parents were, but huge. Probably mistake. someone there on was a lot of Zill side. Probably it was, most, it was mostly that. Second question: Why are decent curtain rods so expensive? It is a great question. Seriously, they're just big sticks with moderately <laughs> fancy nubs on the ends. Can any of you help me find a good deal? Bro, there's uh, no such phrasing. thing as a good seat. <laughs> big sticks with a fancy nub on the end, am I right? Jonesy, uh, can your Bed Bath & Beyond experience help uh, always thinking 1855 in this moment? I wouldn't buy from there. Just skip. Like, if you want nice ones, don't go there. I think you could make your own. Just get a wooden dowel, paint it some nice color, and fashion your own fancy nub. If you happen to have a fancy, oh, yeah, a big stick with a fancy nub on you, you could model it after that. <laughs> Next up from Always Thinking 1855. Oh, the Pete Thornburger! Wait, hold on. It's 1835, this is handled. You changed it to... Who cares who changed what Next to life? Cat. I put a better number matter. in there. Next up from eight, Always Thinking 1855, Hopcat's Peyton Thornburger is delicious. It is! Point. What would your NIL signature dish be, and at what establishment would it be served? It would be at the peanut barrel, and it would be the hot dog, but it would have slices of pickled plum. On it, the pickled plum dog is what they would call it, and everyone would love it. (laughs) The pickled plum dog. Everyone's eating gobbling on that dog, and just and just like uh, just like the drinks, they would put a little thing on your hand, like only two pickled. You get two pickled plum dogs, but no more. Okay, we got a lot of people in this region to serve, sir. We're looking to get doubled up on the plum dog. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm going to go with a fat sandwich at the old Conrad's. Mm. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say that there is, uh, some cheesesteak in there. I'm going to say there are some, uh, uh, mozzarella sticks in there. There are some banana peppers. There's a little ranch. There's a little marinara. That's what I'm going with. The old fat sandwich. Mike's fat sandwich. And for my signature dish, all of the 
all of the uh, uh, cafeterias on campus would serve the goop from the matrix. It would come down from a tube. It'd be for students on the go that just need to get back to studying. And it would just like come just out. Gray. And just, like, just gray. <laughs> and it'd be sludge. like, there's there's that Grek goop from the matrix. The all right. It's the episode of Can't Read, Can't Write this week. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Uh, do we have a winner that comes to mind? No. no. <laughs> Great. I'm going to have to tweet no. this out Spartan later. Eight, Spartan 18770 with that picture. Man on the street is the winner. I think that's my yeah. vote. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll figure also, out amongst ourselves what the full rundown is, but that's my vote for winner. All right. I don't have a reason to debate it, but honestly, this was a good slate. This was a great slate. You guys great bought it first week, week everybody. Really, this great. is going to be a really shitty time having to rank this. <laughs> honestly, if you want to make our lives miserable, keep asking questions like this. All right, gentlemen. Uh, this has been actually a pleasure. Go green. Go white. Guys, Scotch episode part two. It was uh, next good. week. Pretty good. <laughs>